Hey everybody, here on the Packaday Podcast, we're all about look good, play good, and that's why I'm super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Oakley is changing the game and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, work out, or just want to look like Aaron Jones? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakleys today. Last season, I saw Aaron Jones wearing his signature Oakley sunglasses and I knew I had to have a pair. My Oakleys fit me perfectly and I've loved Oakley style since I was a kid. There's just that extra boost of confidence I get when I'm wearing them and that's why I wear them every single day. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses that allow for an expression of your own unique personality, there's more than meets the eye. With summer just around the corner, you're going to want to upgrade your sunglasses game right now. Check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair. Personally, I'm a huge fan of the frog skins. Did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? What the hell is that, you ask? It's a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? I know you do, so head over to oakley.com and uh, do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglasses brands in my life, and I can assure you, Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head over to oakley.com for more information today. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. I am your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. Hope this Friday is treating you well as you're listening to this, and hopefully this is the perfect kickoff to an amazing weekend for you all, an extended weekend. Uh, I can't think of anything better I'd rather be doing right now than be talking to you about the Green Bay Packers and football. It's what I love doing every single day, and I'm always appreciative of you guys joining me. I will admit to you quite readily that as we sit here on this Friday, I am so geeked out and ready for football already. This is probably the earliest that I've been like just totally peak geeked out mode for NFL season. I think this whole season is going to be such a beautiful mystery from the Packers and their new quarterback and probably some good, some bad, some in between, probably beating some teams they shouldn't beat, probably losing to some teams they shouldn't lose to. I'm so excited for all of it. It's a beautiful mystery. I think the AFC and all the top quarterbacks over there, it's going to be super intriguing. How does Aaron Rodgers do with the Jets? In the meantime, in the NFC. It's not super down. Like the whole thing to me, I just, I cannot wait. I think there's a ton of fun rookie quarterbacks that are going to be worth keeping an eye on. It's all super exciting. I cannot wait. And like I said, I'm already geeking out and it's not even, you know, end of May, early June yet. So we've got a long ways to go, but I can't think of a better way to pass the time than to talking to you guys about Packers football 365 days a year. So as always, thank you so much for joining me. I I just am so appreciative of you and I'm so thankful to be doing this every single day to Uh, satiate my football thirst and be able to talk Packers every single day. So thank you for that. And before we jump into our main topic today, I want to go through another one of our new special segments brought to you by Oakley Sunglasses. And that's our more than meets the eye segment. And that of course is Oakley's slogan. And I want to you know bring today's episode up or today's special segment up because I think it's a really interesting one. Last week, I brought up Keyshawn Nixon as the more than meets the eye player of the week. And this week, I want to go over somebody that I don't think people would probably, you know, initially think of of a player that of more than meets the eye because I think this player is already a top player and I think every he's top of mind for everyone and that's Rashawn Gary. And Rashawn Gary of course is coming off a torn ACL. And we already know like Sands ACL injury, right? 
He was coming into his own, becoming one of the top edge players in all of football. He does a tremendous job setting the edge. He's a high-intensity, high-energy player, incredible pass rusher, freak athlete, all those things we know already. That that meets the eye from the very first moment that you are introduced to Rashawn Gary. All the talent, everything, like in lately his ability to set the edge and be a tremendous pass rusher, that all-around player, you don't have to dig into the tape all that much to recognize that. So that all meets the eye. The piece that I want to discuss very quickly today in the more that more than meets the eye segment is his leadership and his intangibles. Because as I'm at practice, and remember, he's coming off a torn ACL. This is a OTA session that's non-mandatory. And for a player that's coming off a torn ACL and isn't going to be able to do a bunch of teamwork and all of that and just has to kind of work to the side, it would probably be pretty easy for Rashawn to say, you know, say, hey, I'm going to work out at home and I'm going to work with my own trainers and my own physical fitness player. I could just do that. But no, he is at OTAs. And that's one thing, right? That That's still fairly common. The vast majority of players were at OTAs, 83 out of 90 players. But it has nothing to do with all of that. More importantly is Rashawn's leadership from the sideline. There is a presence and a real tangible leadership quality that you feel when you're on the side, just as, even as you know, the on the media side of things, like you can feel Rashawn Gary's presence and his energy that he brings to the defense as he's on the side, not even being able to do anything to help his teammates out. He's calling out players and getting them all riled up. And, you know, he, he's doing everything just off to the side of the field. Even though this is a OTA session, even though he can't be out there, he's still leading that defense. And that was super impressive to me. And it was just that presence, that intensity, that aura that he brought that I believe is a new step for Rashawn, you know, for Rashawn Gary. We know the talent. We know the freak athletic ability. We know what he can do on the field. We know that once he comes back from his torn ACL, the hope is that he's going to pick up right where he left off. There's probably going to be a little bit of rust to work off. All of that's expected. All of that meets the eye. But the more that meets the eye portion is his ability to, I think, lead this defense moving forward. This defense needs that player. This defense needs that intensity. They need his energy. They need his leadership. And I think this is Rashawn Gary's defense now. When he comes back and when he's healthy, I think this is Rashawn's defense. And I am excited for that. I'm excited for that next step. And to me, there's more than meets the eye with Rashawn. I think he has another avenue that he can take. I think there's another step that he can you know, take. And I think there's another attitude adjustment that he can bring to this Packers defense. And it is exactly what this defense needs. So my more than meets the eye segment today is going to be Rashawn Gary. He is second. I went through Keyshawn Nixon last week. Rashawn this week. I'll have another for you next week. And of course, again, this is brought to you by Oakley Sunglasses. Make sure to go out and support Oakley. You can find them at oakley.com. They are a friend of ours. So make sure that you welcome them into your household, just like you do the Pack-A-Day podcast and pick up some Oakley's. Aaron Jones's favorite sunglasses, by the way. So make sure to go pick those up. That brings us to our main topic for today, which is going to be the Packers and their specific need for a second year jump from a variety of their players. And listen, this is a cliche second year jump topic, right? It just is what it is. Everyone wants to talk about going from year one to year two. You get a full year in the NFL weight room and you've now had a full season learning the playbook. And now you can take this big jump. You know the NFL. You've now been in the weight room. You now know the playbook. Your head's not swimming quite as much. And now you can just go out and play football. And everyone just immediately gets better in year two and takes this big year two jump, right? Right? Wrong. This is not how it works. 
works more often than not. And it's certainly not been how it has worked in Green Bay, especially, especially last season. But that doesn't mean that Green Bay isn't in need of some players taking a significant jump as they go into year two this year. So we'll go over those players in just a moment, but I wanted to take a look more recently at the Packers' most recent draft classes and to see, hey, did some of these guys actually take a jump or did they fizzle out or what actually happened? And I think the real concern here is looking at last year's draft class, the 2021 or the 2022 draft class, the 2021 draft class, excuse me, that played their second year in 2022. So Eric Stokes, Josh Myers, Amari Rogers, Royce Newman, TJ Slayton, Shamar John Charles, Cole Van Lannan, Isaiah McDuffie, and Kylan Hill. That is your group of 2021 draft picks who had their second year last year in 2022. And we were all hoping that that group was going to take a big jump in 2022. And that clearly did not happen. Not only did the second year jump not happen, there was a huge, and I mean huge, second year regression. So let's start at the top with Eric Stokes. Eric Stokes had a really nice first season as a rookie corner. Now, we always, in my opinion, have to be a little bit careful with rookies because with rookies, we it's like the one level of accident forgiveness that is still allowed to anyone in the NFL. Everyone as a rookie gets some level of like, oh, you know, that's going to happen. They're a rookie. They're going to make a mistake here and there. It doesn't happen at any other level of the NFL. It doesn't happen for any other coaches, players, anything, GMs, etc. But rookies tend to get a little bit more of a benefit of the doubt. And we tend to see them with a little bit more of, you know, rose-tinted glasses. We're, we're willing to say like, oh, they're, because I think how it sort of works, right, is we go through the draft process and we open up these presents and we're all excited about what these new draft picks are going to bring to the team. And all we're talking about all offseason is these rookies and what can they do and what can they bring. You get to the season and then you like start seeing some of the stuff on the field. They're like, ooh, I like that. That seems really good. And they're like, oh, they made a mistake. Ah, oh, but that, that's just a rookie mistake. They'll, they'll clean that up. And then they do some really good stuff again. And you're like, yes, yes, yes. And then all of a sudden they make another couple of mistakes. And you're like, ah, oh, yeah, you know, that's going to happen from time to time. And you get through the rookie season like, ah, oh, that was a really good rookie season. Some ups, some downs, but we saw the flashes. And then the second year comes and they do some of that good stuff again. And you're like, oh yeah. And then they make the mistake. And you're like, what the heck is going on? Why is this guy's in year two? Like, you can't be making those mistakes. And it's like the tone changes immediately. I go back to Demarius Randall and Quentin Rollins, somebody that I've unfortunately had to talk about a couple of times now this offseason. But Demarius Randall, Quentin Rollins, you look at them as rookies and we all had that, all right, these guys, like, hey, they're they're getting out there on the field already. They're making some big interceptions. Like these guys are going to be really, really good. This is really, really exciting. And all the mistakes that would end up costing them their, like really their careers and certainly their Green Bay careers were on tape in that very first season as well. But we saw some of those flashes and we were all excited about the new players. And all of a sudden we're sort of forgetting in their rookie year about some of those mistakes. Not as big of a deal. They're rookies. They'll learn from it. As soon as you get to that second year and they're making the same mistakes, now all bets are off. And that's what we saw. Not only were they making the same mistakes, but they were making them over and over again. They never got it cleaned up. And ultimately Rollins and Randall were out of Green Bay, even after some of the promise of their rookie seasons. Darnell Savage, I would argue, is a very similar player. You go back to his rookie season, you saw some of those flashes, but we saw some of the mistakes, some of the missed tackles, some of the bad angles, some of the poor coverage. 
all that stuff was there as a rookie, we were willing to forgive it more. And then his second year, he played better. And then unfortunately, year three and year four, he sort of regressed not only to his rookie level, but below his rookie level. So but we will see some of those mistakes in their rookie seasons and we're willing to forgive more because we have all this excitement. We have all this hope. They're going to be the future of this franchise. And then in year two, that changes a little bit. Well, Eric Stokes in year one, some of those mistakes were there, but he played really good football overall, in my opinion, in year one. Still some mistakes there, but it was well above average football. And I thought he looked like he was going to be the next big starting corner for Green Bay. Not maybe not quite Jair Alexander level, but he looked like he could clearly be a good number two corner in the NFL. Then year two comes and we're, what are we all thinking, right? He's going to go from, all right, he, he's a good corner in his rookie season, which doesn't happen all that often, by the way. He's going to get to year two. If he can take any sort of step, like this is going to be awesome. Jair's back fully healthy. He's going to be the one. You've got Eric Stokes now fully healthy. He can be the two. You still have a, you know, Razul Douglas. Like things were looking really, really up. And then Eric Stokes took a huge step back in year two. And I'm not just talking about him getting hurt with a brutal injury, which is awful and sucks. And hopefully he's able to bounce back and be better than ever once he's back from that injury. But even prior to that, the coverage wasn't the same. Some of the mistakes he was making in year one with not getting his head turned and panicking at the catch point were prevalent again in year two. He didn't improve from that. His tackling was way worse, like just not anywhere near the same player that he was in his rookie season in year two, a significant step back. Next guy, Josh Myers, same thing. You saw some of those plays in his rookie season that gave you maybe a little bit like, ah, you know, he's got to get that cleaned up, but he's a rookie. He'll be fine. And then in year two, not only is he making those same mistakes, and by the way, I thought Myers played solid, sound, average football in year one as a rookie, and that's really good as a rookie for an offensive lineman in the NFL. Year two, he comes back and he takes a major step back. The, the mental processing wasn't quite the same. His physicality wasn't the same. He wasn't moving people in the run game. And it was a pretty big, in my opinion, step back in year two from what he was in year one. Not only did we not see a step forward, not only did we not see a second year jump, we saw significant regression from Green Bay's first two picks. And then there's Amari Rogers, who was really bad his rookie year, but you're hoping, all right, he didn't really get to play wide receiver much. He's more in that returner mode. Maybe he can take a step at returner, but more importantly, let's see if he can finally open up and get a role as that slot gadget guy in Green Bay. It seems like maybe they want to give him a look. They try him in running back a little bit almost, or at least give him a couple looks there in preseason. And then by the, you know, he has a couple more mistakes on special teams and he ends up getting released. So not only does he not take a jump, not only does he not just stay bad, he's off the team. So we are 0 for 3 in a very aggressive way. Stokes takes a major step back. Myers takes a major step back. Amari Rogers is cut. Then you get to Royce Newman, who as a rookie, not great, right? Not a great offensive lineman, but played over a thousand snaps. And I would argue as a rookie, who played over a thousand snaps, couple different positions, moved around a little bit. I thought it was at least okay. It was at least passable. Like you could say, like, all right, if we need to, you know, have Royce in there for a handful of games as like the sixth offensive lineman, I feel okay. Like we don't have to change the offense. I think we can get by with that. And maybe he can take even a step forward and become a starting caliber player. Instead, it was worse in his second season. So once again, we have another player who took in my opinion, a step back in year two. TJ Slayton's an interesting one. 
TJ Slayton, you could make an argument, took a step in year two. But I think what might surprise you, he only played about 70 more snaps in year two than he did in year one. I had him graded almost identical in those two seasons. PFF had a slight increase in grade in year two from year one. I think he was a better player, but the very minimal increase in snaps and just not seeing any major impact, I think you could say he took like a, I don't know, a quarter step, a tiny step, like, uh, I don't know, like just nothing major, but maybe a small step in the right direction, but certainly not enough that you're like, wow, TJ Slayton took this major year two jump. Shamar John Charles didn't play in year two. Cole Van Lannon got traded away in year two. Isaiah McDuffie saw a little bit of an increase in playing time, didn't play in year one, played a little bit as a backup in year two, put some decent stuff on tape, took, a, I thought, a, a little bit of a jump as a special teams player. So a little small step in the right direction there for McDuffie. And Kylan Hill ends up getting cut in his second year. So overall, TJ Slayton, Isaiah McDuffie, some very small incremental increases as players, but Stokes worse, Myers worse, Amari cut, uh, Royce Newman worse, Van Landen traded, no jump for Shamar John Char- uh, Charles, Kylan Hill cut, just a really big disaster from year one to year two for that specific rookie class. All right, how about the one before that, the 2020? Jordan Love from 2020 to 2021 didn't take a significant jump. Josiah DeGuara played a little bit more, but I wouldn't argue actually played better in year two. Kamal Martin was cut in year two. Jake Hansen didn't really play in year two. Simon Stepaniak was cut. Vernon Scott didn't play. Jonathan Garvin actually played worse. But there were two players in that draft class that I did think took a pretty decent step from year one to year two. A.J. Dillon in the second round barely played his first season, played a much bigger role in year two, and I thought actually took a pretty sound step in the right direction. I think he was more around like the 500 carry mark after only, what, one to 200 carries in his rookie season, Uh, or I should say snaps, not carries. That would be totally different. So snaps, Uh, but overall played a lot more, played better, had a much bigger role, and I thought you could see him actually have so far the best season of his career in year two. The other one was John Runyon Jr., who got playing time in year one, but in year two, he was the firm starter. He was the you know really good left guard. And actually, with Bakhtiari missing that entire season, Elton Jenkins going down with the torn ACL, I actually had him as my highest graded offensive lineman for the Packers that season. And up to this time, his best season as a Green Bay Packer. So I think he took a pretty significant jump in year two and became a real solid offensive lineman. Now he took a bit of a step back in year three, as did AJ Dillon. But from year one, year two, I thought we saw a decent step for both John Runyon Jr. and A.J. Dillon. So that's a little bit better, but love DeGuara, Kamal, Hanson, Stepaniak, Vernon Scott, John, uh, Vernon Scott and Jonathan Garvin. Didn't really see the same out of those players. All right, then we get to the 2019 class, who I actually thought we saw some legitimate improvement from. Rashawn Gary, I thought from his rookie season to his second season, took a very important step. It wasn't quite breakout Rashawn Gary yet, but he went from basically a redshirt player to having a much bigger role, a much more rotational, I think around 500 snap role in year two. And you could start seeing some of the stuff come together. The game slowed down a little bit for him. Thought he was better as a run defender. Was starting to put together a little bit more of a pass rush plan. I would say it was a very important and significant step for Rashawn Gary to get to the point where he would have ultimately get to. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, everybody. Here on the Packaday Podcast, we're all about look good, play good, and that's why I'm super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Oakley is changing the game and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, work out, or just want to look like Aaron Jones? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakleys today. Last season, I saw Aaron Jones wearing his signature Oakley sunglasses and I knew I had to have a pair. My Oakleys fit me perfectly and I've loved Oakley style since I was a kid. There's just that extra boost of confidence I get when I'm wearing them and that's why I wear them every single day. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses that allow for an expression of your own unique personality, there's more than meets the eye. With summer just around the corner, you're going to want to upgrade your sunglasses game right now. Check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair. Personally, I'm a huge fan of the frog skins. Did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? What the hell is that, you ask? It's a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? I know you do, so head over to oakley.com and uh, do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglasses brands in my life, and I can assure you, Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head over to oakley.com for more information today. Darnell Savage in 2020 had the best season of his career, like bar none easily. He took a pretty solid step in year two. Now, the downside here again is that he took a major step back in year three and year four, but we're just talking about year two jumps. And I thought Darnell Savage from his rookie season to 2020, when he had the best season of his career, took a pretty major jump in the right direction. So that was solid as well. Elton Jenkins, he was good from day one, but I thought he took a real solid step in year two. And that was the best season of his career as well, in my opinion. So Rashawn Gary, Darnell Savage, Elton Jenkins, I all thought took pretty significant steps in year two. That was very, very nice to see. Jay Sternberger showed no real improvement. Kingsley Kiki played about the same. You know, Kadar Holloman, Dexter Williams, Ty Summers didn't really take any jump either. But your top three guys, Rashawn Gary, Darnell Savage, Elton Jenkins, all took pretty significant steps in year two. The year before that, Jair Alexander continued to show improvement. He was also kind of like that Elton Jenkins mode where he was good from day one, but I thought he took an important step in year two. Josh Jackson didn't really play in year two. In fact, took a step back in playing time. Oren Burks, Jamon Moore, Cole Madison, J.K. Scott, Equinemius St. Brown, James Looney, uh, uh, Bradley, Hunter Bradley, the long snapper, and Kendall Donerson. None of those guys took a step. And then MVS had basically identical year two as he did year one. No major step there either. So it was really just Jair taking a step in the right direction. Everyone else didn't really take that step in year two. So if we just look at those classes... We had some players get pretty significantly worse in Eric Stokes, Josh Myers, Royce Newman, Jonathan Garvin. Those are kind of the main ones who took a pretty big step back in year two. Multiple players were released, including Amari Rogers, Kylan Hill, Simon Stepaniak, Kamal Martin, amongst others. So some players weren't even on the team the next year. 
And then you had some players that did legitimately get better in year two, including A.J. Dillon, John Runyon Jr., Rashawn Gary, Darnell Savage, and Elton Jenkins. So we do see it happen from time to time, but just as much as there can be that step in the right direction, we've also saw some pretty significant steps back, and we even saw some players released in year two. So there's no guarantee that all of these players are just going to take a significant step in the right direction. And I would pretty much argue, like, I don't know that there was anyone in that group that we talked about from year one to year two that just took this monumental jump and you're like, holy cow, they're an entirely different player. And we live in a day and age right now in the NFL. And I did an episode last year where like draft and develop is dead. And the really the, the impetus for that article or that uh, podcast, I should say, was really that like you kind of are who you are now in the NFL in your rookie season. And certainly like Rashawn Gary is a fantastic example of a player who year one was a basically a redshirt guy. Year two was a really solid rotational player. Year three, good starter. Year four was a great starter up until the ACL injury. So you can see those steps take place from certain players, but a lot of players just kind of are who they are. But this Packers rookie class from last year, from 2022, is now in their second season. Green Bay needs a real significant jump from these players. There's no two ways around it. If Green Bay wants to be better slash good slash really good in 2023 and maybe even beyond, this rookie class has so much potential, but they need to take that step and that step needs to start happening right now because if it doesn't, there's a good chance it just doesn't happen. You look at Quay Walker. He's going to be the starting inside linebacker next to Devondre Campbell. The sky is, you know, it's his potential is through the roof. The ceiling is so high for him. But last year wasn't very good. Just flat out was not very good. Wasn't what you would have expected from a 22nd overall pick off ball linebacker. He needs to be a lot better. He can be a lot better. The ceiling is so much higher. But with Quay, we saw some poor mental decisions, like shoving a trainer basically in a play, you know, a play in game for all intents and purposes in that Lions game. We saw him get ejected from two different games, including the one I just mentioned. And we didn't see him take a significant step. He struggled to get off of blocks, struggled in coverage, struggled diagnosing plays. Those are things that he needs to be a lot better at, but he's going to play a ton of snaps this upcoming year. If he can take a jump, that's going to be huge for Green Bay and their defense. Devontae Wyatt, barely played a season ago. Like it's just it just is what it is. And it's not like they had like these a bunch of just Pro Bowl caliber players along the defensive line. I guarantee you if he was really good, he would have been the second defensive lineman last year after Kenny Clark. He wasn't. He was behind Jerron Reed. He was behind you know Dean Lowry. He was behind TJ Slayton. He was basically number five on their depth chart. And he's going to be number two this year. He's going to be behind Kenny Clark as the number two defensive lineman. He needs to take a significant jump. The effort's there. The ability is clearly there. He needs to be much better with his technique. There's no reason not to be. That There's no excuse. He's too talented not to be a very good player in this league. He needs to take a jump. Christian Watson is going to be wide receiver one for Green Bay, and he has every tool needed. And we saw what he, exactly what he was capable of in the second half of last year. If there's a jump there, look the heck out. If he takes another step, he's all of a sudden in the you know upper echelon potentially of wide receivers in this league. If he just stays the same, we're going to have to wait and see a little bit more. So he's a player that can take a significant jump, in my opinion. 
Sean Ryan, he's going to be a key part of this offensive line depth. They already started playing him at center a little bit or moving him around, see if he can gain some experience. But coming out of college, this is a player that I thought was going to be potentially in the starting conversation even as soon as last year. Didn't come into camp very well, didn't play well. And he's going to have to take a step and, and really be somebody that they can count on if they do have injuries on the offensive line throughout the course of the season. Romeo Dobbs is going to be wide receiver too. Zach Tom is in the conversation for a starting offensive line spot. Kingsley Nigbari very well could start at edge, or at least is going to be a, a, well, until Rashawn Gary comes back. Let me clarify that. But could start at edge until Rashawn Gary you know, comes back. He'll battle with Lucas Van Ness, but at minimum, he's going to be a key rotational piece at the edge rusher position. Tariq Carpenter is a core special teams player, and with him moving to linebacker, could have some snaps in like a sub-linebacker package. I don't think that's out of the question. Jonathan Ford's going to try to get his name in the rotational defensive line conversation and, and be a maybe run-stopping defensive lineman. Rashid Walker is going to try to provide depth along the offensive line and show that he can be a player that can compete at one of the offensive tackle positions long-term. And Samari Toure is going to have a potential very big role in this offense. I think he's at minimum wide receiver four. I think you can see him get pretty significant snaps this upcoming season, even though he was a seventh round pick a year ago. There is so much potential for this group. This is a huge future of the team you know, type potential like that if they are unlocked and they can become what they're capable of becoming, you can end up with multiple starters on this, just from this group. Quay Walker's already a starter. Devontae Wyatt's going to be a starter this season. Watson's wide receiver one, Dobbs is wide receiver two. Those are both starters. Zach Tom easily can be a starter. I think Kingsley and Igbari can be a starter in this league and Samari Toure too, I think could be a you know quality starter at some point in this league. That's seven right there. That's not even including a Sean Ryan who has the potential, you know, coming out of college, third round pick. I'm not putting anything, I'm not putting you know, any expectation on that at this point. But even without Sean Ryan, even without a couple of those seventh round picks, there are seven starting caliber players here for Green Bay, but they need to take that next step. And I'm sure some of them will, some of them won't. Some of them will stay status quo. Some of them will take a step back. But if that group as a whole can take a significant second year jump, man, that goes a long way in starting to really build a foundation of your future team. There is so much talent from that second year group. This cannot be the next iteration of Eric Stokes, Josh Myers, Amari Rogers. It just can't. Quay Walker, Devontae Wyatt, those guys cannot have that same trajectory. They've got to bounce back and have much better year twos, learn from the mistakes of year one, and become true pros in this league. They are far too talented not to do that. Christian Watson needs to be that guy on the outside, that number one wide receiver for Green Bay. Romeo Dobbs, there's no reason he can't be a real legit starter in this league. Kingsley Nigbari, Zach Tom, both in my opinion, can be very sound stars. Samari Toure could potentially be a starter in this league, but they have to work at it. They got to take that second year jump and they can't repeat the mistakes of the players from a season ago. That is going to do it for me today. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll be right back here tomorrow with an all new episode, but until next time, and as always, go Pack Go.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.